0: Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Wednesday Evening Podcast. Today, Pastor Mitch Rose concludes his two-part series. In tonight's sermon, entitled The Thrill of Hope, we will dive into the book of 1 Thessalonians and discuss the second coming of Jesus Christ. And now, with tonight's message, here is Pastor Mitch Rose. I just think we're going to have a good time. Are you okay with having a good time tonight? Is that all right with you? All right. Uh, I want to do that, and uh, I honor my wife, and she's fighting my two children. Uh, I don't have to do that. I told somebody before church started that I always, we drive separate vehicles, and I tell her it's because I have to be here early. The truth is, it's just too hard to fight both kids. That's just the, tr- that's a, that's the gospel truth. That's just the truth. And, um, and so I tell her I have to be here early. So starting next Wednesday, i got to come up with something else i got to do. Um, So that I don't have to help uh, wrestle those kids. Man, all the mamas that do that, I applaud you. It means the world. And uh, so I honor Brandy and my two babies uh, tonight. We're so excited to launch City Hills Church Uh, not many days from now. Next September, we will launch City Hills in the hill country of San Antonio just outside of the northwest corner in Bernie and Fair Oaks Ranch and Leon Springs, and we're so excited about that. You can follow our journey there at cityhillstx.com and uh, be able to see kind of our progress and what's happening. I hope that you stay connected to us there. Everybody say amen. Amen. So, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I preached about the thrill of hope, the thrill of hope, and we talked about the... First time that Jesus came, and we talked about a sovereign shepherd. Were you here a couple of weeks ago and heard that a sovereign shepherd? We talked about when Jesus came the very first time. So tonight, I want to kind of stay in the same deal and kind of the same vein and complete that thought and talk about uh, that same hope. But tonight, I'm going to talk about something a little different. Instead of the first time He comes, I'm going to preach about the second time He comes. Are you okay with that? I'm going to preach about Him coming again. And uh, I don't preach like this very often anymore, but I am excited to to talk about it tonight. A lot of people talk about the end of the world. A lot of people trying to decide kind of how it's going to happen. A lot of people have questions about the end of the world. A lot of people think they know when the end of the world's coming. You, you remember Y2K? How many of you bought a whole bunch of bottled water for Y2K? Don't lie. <laughs> sure you did. Some of y'all still got it. That's <laughs> The next time it came around, y'all were ready. Next time the world was going to end, it was supposed to be December the 21st, 2012. You remember this? The Mayan calendar said the world was going to end. December 21st, 2012. My friends, the world did not end December 1st, 2012. And then, and then this year, it was it was September the 15th. I'm sorry, September of 2015, September the 11th. And then, and then kind of the people that I were you know, was following, when, when the world doesn't end on the day they say it is then they just keep pushing the day back. You ever notice that? So like on September the 12th when we all woke up, I opened up Facebook and everybody who said the world was ending yesterday had a new day for me. So then it was October, you know. And then it was November. Now here we are December the 30th and we're still here. So we're not going to talk about what I think is going to happen. We're not going to talk about um, what anybody else thinks is going to happen. We're going to look at the Bible and see what the Bible says the end of the world is going to look like. You okay with that? We're not going to let it be my opinion or somebody else's opinion, we're just going to kind of let the Bible speak for itself. A lot of people have different ideas about what's going to happen. Some people think that, you know, uh, aliens are going to invade the planet and take over and that's how we're going to end. Or some people think that another planet's going to hit our planet and that's how it's going to end. Some people think the sun's going to burn us up and that's how it's going to end. Some people think that, you know, cats are going to evolve and get thumbs and take over the world or whatever and that's how it's going to end. That sounds like hell to me, i got to be honest with you. I I I I don't know what hell's like, but that sounds like it to me. I don't think any of that's true. But I do know this. I do know that nobody knows the day or the hour. But I do know that one of these days, probably sooner rather than later, everything that you and I know about this world will cease to exist. And there's coming another day. I, the Bible would call it the end of days or in, the end time. And, and maybe you've sort of seen other preachers talk about that or if, you, if you're like me, you watch Late Night TBN, really late night when you know they sell you miracle healing water from the Jordan River and all that stuff and <laughs> and you hear somebody talking about the end of time and there's, there's graphic pictures and spooky, scary dragons and beasts and all that. I'm not preaching about any of that because I don't understand any of that. So that's not what we're going to do. But we are going to look at the Bible and see what the Bible says about the end of time. If you have your Bibles, 1 Thessalonians is where we're going to be. So grab your Bibles and turn there. 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. If you're new to Christianity, new to the Bible, just look at somebody else's Bible. They'll get there quick. It's kind of towards the back. We're going to build a foundation. That's all I'm going to do. Then we're going to go home. I'm going to leave you happy tonight. Now, if if you're not a Bible person, you're not a religious person, you may be saying, man, this is kind of weird. All this stuff is weird and talking about this stuff is weird. And i got to be honest with you, some of it is. Some of the stuff you read in Revelation and Ezekiel and Daniel, if you just read it and text, you know, sort of just read it out loud to yourself, you think, man, that's I don't even know what that means. I don't even know who that is. The whore of Babylon. I think I I work for for her. I don't even know who that is. I don't even know what... (laughs) my last night. <laughs> I don't even know what antichrist or, or devils and beasts, and so, some of you are thinking, man, this is just weird stuff. i got to be honest with you, a lot of the Bible, if you just read it that way and you don't look at it through the eyes of prophecy, you'll start thinking that. Here's the truth of the, the matter, that 20% of your Bible is prophetic. 20% of the Bible is prophecy. 20% foretold both the first coming of Jesus and, and what would happen the first time Jesus came, and we just celebrated that at Christmas, and then, and then the remaining uh, part of that 20% is about His second coming and what happens at the, at the very uh, end of time. And, and, and here's what's most interesting to me is that there are five times, everybody hold up five, there are five times as many prophecies about His second coming as there are His first there are five times as many prophecies in your Bible about when Jesus comes again than about when He was born of a virgin. And two weeks ago, we talked about Him being born of a virgin, that sovereign shepherd. And and, and so many people have sort of thought, man, this is so hard to look through. But then when you realize that Jesus was born and you start believing that, you go, man, if if that happened, if the Bible could prophesy that, if God could, could use men to write down those prophecies thousands and thousands and thousands of years before the birth of Jesus, then maybe... What he says is going to happen in the end time could happen too. How? I don't know. In what order of sequence? I don't know. How it all is going to come together? I'm not sure. There's a lot of different interpretation. There's a lot of people that will tell you a lot of different opinions. I don't want to. I don't want to battle opinions. Whatever you think is right is right. Okay. Whatever you think about the end time, that's. I'm going to let you be right tonight. And I'll just be. Wrong about it, because the truth of the matter is this: I just want to stay as close to Scripture as I possibly can. There's just a few truths I want to go home with tonight. Is that okay with you? So I grew up in a uh, Pentecostal church. I have told you that many times, and um, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't shy away from that. I'm not ashamed of that. Uh, I grew up with a lot of good stuff. I grew up with some goofy stuff. All right. I've done my best to let go of all the goofy stuff and hold on to all the good stuff. Is that okay? But I grew up in a Pentecostal uh, environment. And so when, when I grew up in church, it was a much smaller church. You know, a church this size was camp meeting for me. I mean, this was, this was, this was huge for me. And, and so I, I grew up, Well, we didn't have, we didn't have a, a worship pastor and we didn't have a worship service. We had, when I grew up, song service. You remember this? Yeah? Sister Green, you know what I'm talking about? We, we had song service. We didn't have a worship pastor. We had a song leader. You know this? And, and, and it, was, it was so different than it is today. We didn't, we didn't have the band that we had today. We didn't have all this. It, it was just so different. And the song leader would get would, would, would come to the front of the, uh, the church and grab a microphone. And she would say, or he would say, turn in your book to. And the book that we used was Sing Unto the Lord. It looked just like this. That's the book we used growing up. And, and it was maroon. Every church I ever went to, all the Pentecostal churches I knew had the exact same maroon book. I don't know what guy made that, but he made a fortune off of us because we all had the same book, and, and all the pages were the same. And people that grew up like me in the same denomination I grew up in, we all knew the pages, because we'd sing the same stuff all the time. So, so Vicky, we all knew what page everything was on. I'm looking at you because you kind of grew up like me, not because you're old, because you just grew up like me. And, and so you, you, you know what it was like to sing those, to sing those songs and, and to say those page numbers. So the song leader would, would, would come to the platform and he'd say, hey, everybody get, everybody get your songbook and everybody stand. So I'll do the everybody stand. Everybody stand. (laughs) Y'all couldn't last in my church. (laughs) Now, here's the truth is, when we would sing those old songs, we wouldn't really sing to God, Pastor Randy, we'd sing about God. So, in in today's worship service, and I love it, and listen, if I didn't work here, I'd come to church here just for the music, i got to be honest with you. I, I love what we do, but we sing to God. But when I grew up, we sang about God. We sang about spiritual stuff. We sang A lot of the theology that I have, it's because I grew up singing about God. I grew up singing about heaven. I grew up singing about the rapture. I grew up singing about all this stuff as opposed to somebody preaching me all this stuff, okay? So I decided to invite a few backup singers to help me sing tonight. You okay with that? Now in song service, everybody's got to sing along, so hold like you got a book in your hand. Everybody get your book, that's right. Everybody get your book in your hand. And and, and, and in my church, the song leader would say, Everybody turn to page two. And you turn to page two. And we'd sing this. We would sing, oh, I want to see him. That's how I grew up. So if you asked me about the end of the world, when I was growing up, Brother Ron, all I knew to do was sing to you what I knew about the end of the world. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I just knew one day I was going to see him. And I didn't know if oh was upsetting or it was joyful. I just knew oh... And then, sometime growing up, I don't know how it happened, but this song became a funeral song. But when I was growing up, this wasn't a funeral song. We got our songbooks and we turned to page three eleven. Turn to page three eleven. And this is what we'd sing. And you know it, sing along. singing about heaven. We would just keep singing over and over about he- All the songs I knew about heaven. All the worship songs we ever sang were about heaven. I didn't know what heaven was going to be like. I, I couldn't tell you anywhere in the Bible heaven was. Here's what Amen. I knew. I turned to page 299. Here's what we'd sing. I don't know what it's going to be like. I
1: didn't know where it was in the Bible.
0: service. Y'all stick with me. When, when I saw what was going wrong in the world, listen, Dr. Taylor, when everything in my life was, when I didn't know anything, I didn't know anything about what the Bible said about Jesus coming back. I didn't know anywhere to find in the, I had never read Revelation. Wasn't going to read Revelation. Wasn't going to do it. All I knew is what we sang about. It, it, I didn't have to ask anybody What what heaven was going to be like. I just knew. We turned to page 86. 86. (laughs) That's what we'd sing. sing about it. And then when all else failed, I didn't know anything else with Richard about heaven. I didn't, know, I didn't know what it was made of. I didn't know where it was. I still don't know where it is. I thought I knew how to get there, and that's all I knew. But this thing I knew about heaven, because we'd sang about it all of my life. Page 294. I almost had you come sing with me, but pastor said he could carry that tenor part all by himself, so. Thank you, Pastor Randy. He had to learn some of those. That's not true. That's not true. Randy grew up just like me. He knew them all. So here's what, here's what, here's what I want to tell you. Here's why we sang for the last five minutes, Partially because I just like it and it's my last night and you can't fire me. But the main the main reason is this, is because growing up, I would sing about heaven. I would sing about the rapture. I don't even know what that meant. I don't even know what rapture meant. All I knew was this, that as a little boy, I knew there was a place I wanted to go more than anything else I wanted in this world. I wanted to go to heaven. More than I wanted anything else, I, wanted to che- I didn't know how the rapture was going to take place. I didn't know if I was going to lose all my clothes and go naked. I didn't know what was going to happen. I just know I wanted to go. And I think it was because, you know, in the church I grew up in, everybody was kind of simple. And the preacher may not have, you know, had a master's degree or a Ph.D. And so instead of preaching about theology that we didn't really understand, we'd just sing about it. But, but, but I knew I wanted to go. And so tonight on my last night with you and our last night of 2015, I just want to create that same sense of urgency again. I want to leave here and I want to leave you feeling like whatever it is going on in my life, when I get over there, everybody's going to be happy. That's all I know. I, I, I just, I want you to, I, if you've got to go home to hell and all of life's falling apart and things are terrible and, 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 and the doctor's report's bad and there's cancer come back and he left and she left and they're gone, I just want you to know. That one day we're going to fly away. And I, I wanted to leave my time with you pointing you to something that means so much to me. So we're not just going to sing tonight. Let's go to the Bible. 1 Thessalonians is kind of where we'll go. These first century Christians Paul is writing to in Thessalonica. They believed in the coming of the Lord. And they were so convinced that Jesus was coming back that they thought He was coming back like on Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Monday night, like tomorrow he was coming back, and they were worried about what would happen to their relatives who had, who had died, who were Christians, who were believers, who were followers of Jesus. They were worried about that. And so Paul, in this particular chapter in First Thessalonians he has to write to them and talk to them about that. So if you have your Bibles, First Thessalonians 4:13, if not, follow on the screen, it says, "Brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed. The King James says, "Ignorant there. I like that better." We don't want you to be ignorant. We don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. So that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind and have no hope. He said, I don't want you to worry about what happens after death. And I don't want you to worry about the people who have died already that were believers. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Say amen to that. And... In light of us believing that, so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. Verse 15. According to the Lord's Word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Verse 16. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven. Shout amen to that. With a loud command and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and who are left here will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will forever be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Paul was writing to these believers who were so anticipating the coming of the Lord. And i got to be honest with you, and, and, and I'm not old enough to preach about how terrible the world is and... How, how 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 I wish it was like it was in the old days, and I'm not I'm not old enough to preach that to you. But I do know this, I do know that if you look at the world, if if you look at news, if you read your newspaper, if you turn on Fox News or CNN or wherever you get news from, or you just open up your email, or you just open up your cell phone, and 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 you follow social media, if you're not careful, you'll start thinking, man, this world is falling apart, and we'll be sucked in to this chaos and destruction. And the world seems to be running rampant and going crazy all around us. And Paul was writing to a church just like that. And he said, listen, I don't want you to live like people who don't have any hope. I don't want you to live. I don't want you to go into 2016 fearing ISIS. I don't want you to go into 2016 fearing how you're going to feed your babies. I don't want you to go into 2016 worried about what if they come to my door in my house. He said, here's what I want you to know. There's going to come a day when the Lord's going to come back and when he comes back, he's going to make everything wrong is going to be right again. Everything that's upside down is going to turn right side up again. And we're going to go home with him and be with him. And so I'm just going to leave you with, this is what I learned. I'm going to say it till I die. I'm just going to leave you with three little old points. That's what he says every week and they're profound and he calls them little old points. So I'm going to leave you with three little old points, okay? Number one, take notes. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. Say it out loud. Jesus is coming again. Come on, say it. Jesus is coming again. He said it himself. John 3 and 14 says, Let not your heart be troubled. If you have your Bible in red letter, this is in red letter. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. Everybody say, for me. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. My dear brothers and sisters, on the last night of 2015, I got to tell you, he's coming again. He's coming again. He's coming again. I know we just celebrated He came the first time. I know when He came the first time, He was a sovereign shepherd. You see this baby in manger, and if you're not careful, you start thinking that's the way He always is. He's always this baby in a manger, but my friends, He is coming again, and when He comes again, it is going to be like nothing you have ever seen before. These early Christians would greet one another talking about him coming uh, again. When when early Christians would find one another, when they would greet one another in church, when I grew up in church, Pastor Brad, stand up, come on. When I grew up in church, we greeted one another like this. I don't have a clue why. We'd shake hands and what would we say? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I don't know why we say that. When I grew up, is that what we did? That's what we did. That's exactly what we did. I don't know why we did it. If if you did that to a guest, they would just look at you and think, like right now, Okay, God, I thank you for... Uh, <laughs> I don't know why we did that. Sister Jay, why did we do that? I don't know why we said praise the Lord to everybody. These early Christians, and now we just say good morning, or hi, how are you, or we train our greeters, you know, just say, just say hey, good morning, thanks for coming, glad you're here, whatever. But early Christians, here's what they would do when they would greet one another. Come here, buddy. They would greet one another, They'd shake hands, and they would say Maranatha. Maranatha. You know what Maranatha means? It means the Lord's coming again. Literally, when they would look at one another, when they'd get to church, they'd they'd shake hands and slap high five and they'd say, He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. This is how they encouraged one another. He's coming back. He's coming again. The Lord's coming again. We should be anticipating He coming again. My brothers and sisters, if you'll look for the Lord's return, the Bible said there's a crown of life waiting for you for those that look for His appearing. When you get to heaven, I don't know how it's going to work out, but there are different crowns, and the crown of life is for somebody who waits for His appearing, somebody who's constantly thinking the Lord could come again. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming again. Listen, when 2016, when you look at the news, and it looks terrible, and there's a mass shooting, and people have lost their lives, and God forbid, a school or a theater, or the world just goes crazy or our country topples or our government fails again and you think man what's going on how's the world here's what I want you to know Jesus is coming again I want you to encourage yourself with this that he's coming again that Jesus is coming back and when he comes again he's not coming as a sovereign shepherd he's coming as a reigning king when he comes again he's coming as a conquering warrior king he's coming again they would say, Maranatha, he's coming again. As a matter of fact, Paul would, would say that, verse 14 in our text in Thessalonians. He said, For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So we believe that God will bring Jesus, will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. So he, here's what this means. He said, Listen, if your family's died, it didn't mean falling asleep. Some of y'all have been falling asleep in Jesus a lot of Wednesday nights, okay? <laughs> that ain't what he's talking about. He's talking about those that have died. And he said, If you've got relatives that have died, If they've fallen asleep in Jesus, if they've died because Jesus died and rose again, we believe that He's going to bring them with us. This same sleep is the same word used when Lazarus was dead. And and the Bible would call him asleep. Fourteen other times in the Bible, this same word sleep is used. It means dead as a hammer. That's what it means. It means dead as a doornail. But in that resurrection, they're coming again. If you've got relatives that have gone on and they believed in Jesus and they followed God with all of their heart, here's what I believe. When Jesus comes again, they're coming with him. They will rise again. They will live again. Here's what verse 16 says For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command. And the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. Now listen, I love this part. Now, when God spoke and created the world, there was just a couple of times He spoke. You know, nobody was really there to listen to it but angels. He didn't have to holler about it, okay? And then there's other times in the Bible when God would whisper. You know, there was a prophet and God would whisper to that prophet what what He was trying to do. But when He comes, when Jesus comes back, here's what I love how this says. When Jesus comes back, here's how it's going to happen. It's going to be a loud command. If you, don't, if you think this church is too loud, you're going to have a tough time. <laughs> With the voice of the archangel. So listen, so God has a loud command, and then the archangel starts hollering. And then the trumpet call of God, then there's a trumpet that's blaring. All of that will happen, and then the dead in Christ will rise first. All of that loud noise will happen. All of that shout, the Lord himself will raise his voice in a loud command. And the dead in Christ will rise first. That's called the first resurrection. The first resurrection are for people who believed in Jesus, those Christians who were be raised from the dead. And the second resurrection, there's two resurrections according to Scripture. The second resurrections are for people who were not Christians. We're not going to talk about that tonight. Ask him about all that, okay? (laughs) They're going to be raised from the dead and judged very differently. But here's what I know. That first resurrection is when your grandma that prayed for you all of your life and died and went to be with the Lord. And that first resurrection, when that, when that first trumpet, sound, whatever that sound, whatever that note is, whatever that loud voice is, whatever the archangel screams, I don't even know what it's going to sound like. But I know this. The dead in Christ will rise first. That that first resurrection will happen. Revelation 20 says this. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Just know this. If you're dead, you want to go first, okay? You want to go in that first resurrection. It's, it's, it's so interesting to think about sort of what this means to die in Christ. It, it, the Bible says that the second death has no power over them. Here's what I want you to write down. This is kind of hard. and this is a tongue twister. I don't want you to get confused about it. You can be born once and die twice, or you can be born twice and die once. You can be born once and die twice. Or you can be born twice and die once. Because the Bible says if you're just born once, you know what happens? Your mama pushes you out and you scream and she screams and the doctor spanks you on the rear end and you're born once. And if you're just born once, then there's two deaths. There's the physical death that you'll die. Then there's the eternal spiritual death where you're separated from God forever and forever. But the Bible said if you'll be born that you only have to die once. That you're born that first time and mama's there and she's screaming and you're screaming and the doctor spanks you and then some point in your life you decide, I'm tired of this old life. I'm tired of my old way of living. I'm ready to completely die to that old way of living. I want to bury that old fella and when I get up, I want to be brand new. I'm ready to be born again. I want to be born again. I want to be born again. And if you'll be born again, the Bible said you only die once. That physical death you die, and then we'll forever be with the Lord. Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, How can that happen? How can I see the kingdom? And, and Jesus would say, You must be born again. You gotta have a spiritual birth. That first birth is what your mama gave you, that second birth is what only God can give you. It's that rebirth of your spirit. It's that really becoming alive again. It's that deciding to die out to who you were and who you are. It's that deciding to bury that old you and your spirit raises up. I literally believe thousands of people who have raised up out of this water in baptism. When they raise up, the Bible says they are brand new creatures. You are born again. And if you'll get born twice, you only have to die once. You know, a couple of years ago, there's an old saying that says YOLO. You remember this? You, you, you remember this? Y-O-L-O, YOLO. You, you, know, you remember that? That's what, that's what somebody would say right before they did the stupidest thing they'd ever done. It's usually when you start saying stuff like It means you only live once. You only live once. Listen, if, if, if you'll get born again, it's, 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 it's YODO. You only die once. It's cheesy, but you write that down. He's coming again. Number two, we have the rapture. Not only is Jesus coming again, but the rapture is when those that are still alive, when He comes again, when He opens that sky, when there's a trumpet sound, the dead in Christ will rise first. And then the Bible said that those of us who are living, who are following Jesus, who've given our hearts to God, who've been born again, that we're going away to meet Him in the air. Verse 17 says, after that, we who are still alive and left will be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So they get to go first, but we meet them halfway. <laughs> we meet the Lord in the air. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. And then if it happens in your lifetime and you're still alive and you're still following Jesus, then we who are alive will be called up to meet him. Now this word caught up, it's a Greek word and it means heart it's harpozo it just means to be rescued it means to be rescued it means to be snatched away and rescued let me give you an illustration when i was much younger my youth group i spent my teenage life in north carolina and so i won't say it cuz of the podcast he probably uh, listens my old youth pastor and i'll get him fired if i say this and so we we were uh, we, we were we were doing the the late night spiritual practice a lot of youth groups would Pray at night, or fast all weekend, or whatever. We were we were participating in the spiritual discipline of cow tipping. <laughs> I told you it's a small church. It was just he and I. It was just my youth pastor and I and Matthew and I. And, and it was dark. You ever been a cow field at night? Oh, it's dark, and there's stuff you step in you ought not be stepping in, and. We'd, kinda, we'd park the truck by the gate, pastor, where it was. And we'd gone in through the gate. And he knew this land. He lived there. I didn't live in the, in the same town of the church that I went to. We, we drove to church in, in another town. So he knew this field. He knew the people on the field. And so we were going to go cow tipping. And the way you go cow tipping, if you don't know this, let me teach you this. This is probably the best thing I'll say all night. you got to wait for just the right angle. Because they have to be kind of on a slant and asleep already. So kind of inertia works with you. You know what I'm saying? And then you, you push them. You push them all the way over. You could also use this for your husband tonight when he's asleep. Just think, <laughs> there's a lot of different applications for this. So, so the plan was that we were going to go find the perfect one. Well, At some point, I don't know how it happened, but we got split up. So he goes one way, I go another way. And it's dark, dark. You can't see nothing. And I'm walking up, and, and, and sort of in the shadows, I can see this big black shadow. And I think, well, this is it. And I, the, the, the ground kind of slopes there, and I'm thinking, man, this is perfect. This is the one. This is the way it goes. And you just push them over and they can't get back up very quickly. So you can kind of, you know, you can get out of there. And so help me God if I'm lying. So help me. I get right up beside him and I put my hands on this what I think is a sleeping docile cow. And the moment my hand touches that fur, a bull turns around and looks at me in the eyes. It's the only bull in the whole pen. And I'm touching that joker. I turn around, I run as fast as these little bitty legs can get me. You hear me? And the faster I run, the scarier I get, because I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing. And the closer I get, I realize I've ran. the gate's way over here. I'm nowhere near the gate. And there's a barbed wire fence all the way around. And I am going full steam ahead, which ain't much in these legs, Doc. But I'm going full steam ahead towards a barbed wire fence. And and Matthew, my my student pastor, he's much taller than me, which that doesn't say much. But he's much taller. And literally, while I'm running mid-stride, he grabs me and throws me over the barbed wire fence so that I don't get tangled up in that barbed wire fence. That, my friends, is a rapture. (laughs) Listen to me. That's the kind of rescue that's coming our way. It doesn't matter how bad it is. There's going to come a day when he snatches us up and rescues us up out. I don't know how it's going to happen, but he snatches us away. And we're called up to meet him in the air. We meet him in the air. All I know is it's a rescue All I know is when all hell's breaking loose, he snatches us up and rescues us up. And that's our rapture. My friends, brothers and sisters, when you go in to 2016, he's coming again and we have a rapture. The third thing, I got to hurry. That baby's screaming. It could be mine. (laughs) The last thing is this. We have a reunion. Take notes. We have a reunion. Jesus is coming back, and there's going to be a rapture, and then there's going to be a reunion. And there's going to be a reunion. What's going to happen at the reunion? The Bible teaches us a principle about what, what, the, what the reunion's like and, and, and how it will be. The Bible says that you'll be with God forever. Verse 17 in, in 1 Thessalonians 4 says, After that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together, raptured in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord. Everybody's saved Forever. Come on, shout forever. There's some kind of reunion coming when you don't have to go back to where it used to be. I don't know how it's going to happen, my friends. All I know is the singing that I do. All I really know is I found this in Thessalonians and this is really, I don't have a ton. Listen, there's a lot of more Bible prophecy preachers and teachers and I'm not him. Don't get, don't get worried. I got a lot more preaching to do. I'm just, Listen. But I know this, I know there's going to come a day when a forever reunion happens. There are people under the sound of my voice who've buried babies. And there's coming a reunion. There are people under the sound of my voice who buried their spouse of 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. I knew a guy one time had been married 50 some odd years the first two weeks after his wife was buried he made two cups of coffee and went to the graveyard and put one on the tombstone. Just had coffee. Because listen, it's so hard. All I know is this. There's going to come a day when you don't have to say goodbye. There's going to be a reunion that's forever. It lasts forever. It lasts forever. Uh, All I know is in that land I don't know everything about it but I know That there's no more pain there. If you're hurting tonight, if your body's full of pain, if you've been diagnosed with a disease or an illness, here's what I know I don't know how. I don't know how your new body's gonna look. I don't know what glorified bodies even mean. I just know when we get there, there's no more pain. There's no more sin. There's no more heartache. There's no more brokenness. I know there's no more disease. There's no more sickness there's no more poverty there's no more starving children there's no more divorce there's no more loneliness there's no more cancer there's no more diabetes there's no more heart disease all I know is we're with the Lord forever and forever and forever Amen. the Bible does not say that there will be no crying that does not it does not say that As a matter of fact, the Bible implies that there are going to be some of us that get to heaven and Dr. Taylor, we weep. The Bible says he will wipe away all of our tears. In other words, if you get there and you meet that baby and tears fall out of your eyes, he'll wipe away. All of our tears. All I know is when we get there, there's a city. It's got 12 gates made out of solid pearl. And 12 foundations. And on those foundations, there's pavement that's paved with the purest of gold. All I know is that the walls are made out of jasper, but not just any jasper. It's crystal clear jasper. You can see right through it. I don't know what it's like. I've never seen anything like that. All I know is that in that city, there's going to be a river of life that flows through the city. All I know is that that same tree of life that was in the Garden of Eden will be in that new Jerusalem when we get there. In that big reunion, there's going to be the tree of life. And the Bible says the leaves of that tree will heal the nations. I do know this. When we get there, John said there is one throne and one sits on the throne and on his thigh is written, this is our lamb. This is that baby we celebrated that became a man that died so you and I could live forever. All I do know is this, when we get there, there's going to be Jesus, our Savior, the one who loved us enough to heal us and put us back together, the one who loved us enough to snatch us away from the hell of this world, the one who loved us enough to die so you and I could be born again, the one who loved you enough to heal your family and put it back together and deliver you from alcohol and drugs and pornography and all the stuff that the world messed you up with all I know is when you get there the Bible says there's no sun brother Keith and there's no moon there is no stars that Jesus himself is the only light in all of heaven how does it happen I don't know I just know this oh I want to see him and look upon his face so what do we do in 2016 if the world falls apart What do we do if our family falls apart? What do we do if we lose a loved one? What do we do going into next year? What if 2015's been a tough year for you? What do you do? What do you do if the world gets worse and worse? do, Do we stockpile food and guns and and, and ammunition, and and, and do, do we just build ourselves bunkers and hide and and hide from the world? No, 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 no. Let me tell you what we do. Here's what I'm gonna do. Every time I see you, I'm gonna remind you. It doesn't matter what hell you're living in. He's coming again. 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 And when he comes again, he's gonna take us with him. He's gonna rapture us out of here. Those that are dead in Christ will rise first, and then we, which are alive and remain, will meet him in the air. And when we get there, it's gonna be a reunion. So the Bible would say this in 1 Corinthians It says, Listen, I tell you a great mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Everybody won't die, but everybody's gonna be changed. In a flash and in the twinkling of an eye, however fast that is, at the very last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will all be changed. For the perishable, the corruptible, must clothe itself with imperishable or uncorruptible, and the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? And where, oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, listen. I'm done preaching. we got to take communion. Here's the last thing I want to tell you. This is the last thing I want to preach. This is the last thing I'm preaching, I hope not. Maybe I'm preaching next Wednesday. I'm just going to keep trying to preach, okay? Listen. The last thing I gotta tell you, the last words I ever want you to hear me say to you if, if if he comes back tonight is this. When the world look at me. When the world falls apart, when things don't go like you planned them to go, when he leaves or she leaves or they die. When you lose it all, when you lose your job, when your kids go crazy, when everything seems upside down. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Stand to your feet all over the house. Raise both of your hands in the air. Now, Lord Jesus, I love these people. I love this house. I love the heart
1: of this house. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal.
0: And for more information from Pastor Mitch Rose, please visit cityhillstx.com. Thank you for listening.